following is a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com. Hello and welcome to Who Knew and Review. We're a podcast from the Galactic Network. Now, it would be impossible to do this episode and not to mention quite a bit about class. Um, That's because I live in the UK and I am blessed that I've been able to see it. I hope you've been able to see it too. There's still other bits of news as well, but in no particular order. Sophie Hopkins, who plays April on the BBC Three's new series, has told Digital Spy that she wants class to establish itself for a series or two before repeating Peter Capaldi's cameo in the first episode. I know they are very much trying to keep class a separate show, she said, and I think the end goal is for people to be able to watch class and love it, and then discover Doctor Who through us. Though most people have heard of Doctor Who, so I suppose we're hindered. Uh, well, I suppose so. Um, speaking of class, I suppose this is a good time to tell you I will be reviewing it. I'll be reviewing it after A to Z. It's going to have a few spoilers in it, maybe. So after A to Z, if you don't want to listen to spoilers, please stop it there. That's if you get that far. Anyway, you all know that Peter Capaldi's popped up in the opening uh, double episode of uh, uh, the uh, spin-off of Class. But as Sophie's hinted, don't expect him to stick around. The, uh, as well as the show not having too many other cameos from the universe, Patrick Ness has now said that the Doctor won't be there to save the day every week, and of course he won't be, because otherwise that would be Doctor Who, and that's not this show. Finally, let's have a little bit more from Patrick, because the bell has rung and class has officially begun. The spin-off centres around a group of teens at Colham School trying to figure out friends, parents, school, sex, maybe, you know, the end of the world. Taking on a spin-off series for such a well-loved show is a pretty daunting task, but Patrick spoke to Digital Spy and stressed that the two shows definitely don't need to step on each other's toes. I know about the extreme passion of the Whovian fanboys. I have zero interest of disrespecting the show, he added. Quite right. Quite, quite right. And finally for class news, Patrick Ness has revealed that the series very nearly had a different title. Titles are mystical, and this one, well, it just felt right. Ness said at the Q&A with Digital Spy and other assembled members of the press, the new show centres around the group of teens. It's all about parent school sex. Originally, it was The Class. And then apparently, oh no, let's lose that. Like Facebook. And then it has a lot more meanings to it. And I suppose that is absolutely fair enough. So now we've got the class news out of the way. What we need to do is the science of Doctor Who. Ah, uh, 
one of my fa new favourites. The science behind Doctor Who. Gravity was, as Leela repeated from the fourth Doctor's teachings, the force that stops us from flying us into space. It's also the force that kept the moon in its precise orbit around Earth. According to the twelfth Doctor, everything had mass, including light, heat and radiation, which meant everything had gravity too. Is that true? Well, gravity, or gravitation, is a natural phenomenon by which all things with mass are brought toward, or gravitate toward, one another, including planets, stars and galaxies. Since energy and mass are equivalent, all forms of energy, including light, also cause gravitation and are under the influence of it. On Earth, gravity gives weight to physical objects and causes the ocean tides. The gravitational attraction of the original gaseous matter present in the universe caused it to begin coalescing, forming stars, and the stars to group together into galaxies. So gravity is responsible for many of the large-scale structures in the universe. Gravity has an infinite range. Although its effects become increasingly weaker on further objects, gravity is most accurately described by the general theory of relativity proposed by Albert Einstein in 1915, which describes gravity not as a force, but as a consequence of the curvature of space-time caused by the uneven distribution of mass-energy. The most extreme example of this curvature of space-time is a black hole from which nothing can escape once past its event horizon. Not even light. More gravity results in gravitational time dilation, where time lapses more slowly at a lower, or stronger, gravitational potential. However, for most applications, gravity is well approximated by Newton's law of universal gravitation, which postulates that gravity causes a force where two bodies of mass are drawn directly drawn or attracted to each other according to a mathematical relationship where the attractive force is directly proportional to the product of their masses and inversely proportional to the square of the distance between them. Well, I don't know about you, but whew, gravity, eh? Weighty stuff. I thank you. I thank you. Now, as you probably know, if you're into science fiction, Black Mirror is currently terrifying viewers across the globe, and it seems Charlie Booker could have been doing the same to Saturday primetime audience. The writers revealed that he was approached for Doctor Who by the BBC. Now that sounds utterly perfect given Black Mirror has seen him dabble in sci-fi previously. Even his take on Doctor Who would probably be, well, a little bit dark. He said, I was approached for Doctor Who and I just didn't have the time. It was really annoying. I was really busy and they haven't asked me back since. It's a bit like the Home Office asking you to do something. Did Mr Brooker indeed tell The Independent? Now I for one am a massive fan of Charlie Brooker. He's um, got a comedic bent but also this, this darkness that runs through it. I think he'd be perfect. 
perfect for Doctor Who. Well, that's just my opinion. What's yours? You know, you can tell me yours by emailing me tardis at gncastles.com. I'd quite like to know. A brief update here. Yeah, I've got an exciting one. The hugely talented scribe Jamie Matheson is set to return to Doctor Who for Series 10 following his success with the episode Flatline, Mummy on the Orient Express and The Girl Who Died in the last few years. News has come to light thanks to a tweet from Matt Lucas, who's set to return as, well, I suppose something of a companion through the next series of Doctor Who. Many thanks for downloading this podcast from the Galactic Network. We have so much to offer. Maybe it's horror or adventure gaming. Perhaps you just like to listen to a couple of nerds geeking out. Well, if that's the case, then visit gncasts.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com. And have a good poke around. You'll be surprised what you find. Maybe you'd like to chat to the hosts. If so, then why not sign up to our Slack channel? Or simply you want to tell us what a great job we're doing. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com. Now, one of the more interesting and sometimes, I guess, heartbreaking parts of being a classic Doctor Who fan comes when you make it to the missing episodes. Parts or entire episodes that no longer exist. Now everyone once in a while will find some old Doctor Who reels in the attic or BBC field office somewhere and stumble upon a missing episode. But for the most part, these missing episodes have to be recreated in some way. And previously these recreations were mostly undertaken by fans. Come November, as you know, we will be getting a BBC commissioned animated recreation of Doctor Who's Power of the Daleks. The very first episode starring Patrick Troughton as the second Doctor. Now, we know that um, you lucky American theatre goers, for one night only, will have a chance to watch it on the big screen ahead of the BBC America premiere, courtesy of Fathom Events. Talking about people getting things before we do, Canada's 24-hour sci-fi network aired a special Doctor Who sit-down. The special was recorded by Space's flagship show, Inner Space, when the Doctor Who team attended a round of events in Toronto earlier this month. Peter Capaldi and Pearl Mackey, showrunner Stephen Moffat and executive producer Brian Minton talked to Inner Inner Space's host, AJ Fry, Teddy Wilson and Morgan Hoffman, along with fans eager to hear from their fave Who stars. from the show, and that of the new Doctor Who spin-off class, along with words from the show's creator, Patrick Ness and the cast. And the Doctor Who show go by without a look at the new Sonic Screwdriver, which Peter just happened to have in his pocket. A presentation of the red setting. 
I've included a link in the show notes and guess what folks? It's region free. That means you can watch it 45 minutes. So it's well worth the 45 minutes to sit down. Well done Canada. No, seriously. Well done. Up next, we have got the A to Z. And then after the A to Z, it's going to be my slightly spoilery review of Class. So remember, if you do not want the slightly spoilery review of Class, episode one, then after A to Z, might be time to uh, say goodbye. And if that's you, say goodbye to you now. Without further ado, it's time for the A to Z. And the monster this week in the A to Z is Coquillian. And this is from the episode The Rescue. Now the origin, origin, the planet of origin, is Earth. Bennett was a 25th century murderer who passed himself off as the alien Coquillian to escape justice. Bennett, the murderer, passed himself as the Dido person Coquillian to escape justice while a passenger on the Starship UK-201 en route to Astra. Bennett murdered a fellow passenger and was caught and when the ship crashed on Dido, Bennett killed the rest of the passengers. His crimes were exposed by the first Doctor, who unmasked him and whom he attempted to kill. Before he could do so, he was confronted by two surviving Dido people. While backing away from them, he opened a secret door and accidentally fell the rock ledge to his death. Can't help thinking, in earlier Doctor Who episodes, a little bit more Anyway, I haven't got a jingle for this, but I, this is the sound part of the feature I am now calling a touch of class. And the way that I am going to review this will work as follows. I'll begin with a synopsis, the good bits, the bad bits, the most Whovian bits, and then any notable thing in way of a review followed by my rating, which is obviously the universal method. I'm sure you are aware of the universal method of rating anything. That's right, I will be rating it and giving it a mark um, out of uh, one to five TARDIS. So the synopsis. It's a new term at Coal Hill Academy, and students are preparing for their autumn prom. When the school comes under attack, Four alienated students must form an unlikely alliance to defeat them. And this incursion is only the beginning. Charlie, April, Ram and Tanya, assisted by their physics teacher, Miss Quill, are charged with a great responsibility by the mysterious alien known as the Doctor. Guard against the creatures of nightmare that want nothing more than to find a way through to the Earth and take it for their own. So the good bits... Well... The set, the school set, is pretty awesome. Uh, a good deal of cash has obviously been spent, and the storyline was okay. Even though we've just seen the characters um, on the screen for the first time, they did seem believable. 
the high school portrayal, as far as I can tell, was quite accurate. Now, you've got to remember, I'm a 43-year-old man. It's a long time since I went to uh, a, a sixth form or a high school. But uh, it looked pretty uh, pretty good from what I remember of those dark days at school. The bad bits... Well, seemingly there's no jeopardy. I mean, we had a bloody death, an amputated leg. Everyone goes home with very little remorse, really. Where are the police? Where are the crime scene teams? Heck, where the bloody hell is UNIT? Now, I know any show of this genre usually has an issue like this. I mean, Buffy, the vampire, whatnot, and stuff like that. I understand why um, why you can't have the police interfering and all that lot. But kids going missing, uh, I really, you know, there didn't seem to be any, any, any trade-off between that. I, I would have thought at the very least, Coal Hill Academy, we would have probably got UNIT. The most universal bit, well, obviously there are nods and winks, um, but Peter Capaldi did sort of steal the show, and that's quite unfortunate. But he stole the show in excellent Doctor style. His uh, advice, darts, you should take up darts, maths and alcohol. No better way to start the morning. Um, shades of... Um, shades of... Shades of Doctor Who. Shades of Hitchhiker's Guide. Uh, it was absolutely, um, absolutely on the money. Now I wrote a few notes, my musings, from right at the end before that I give it a, uh, a score. And this is what I wrote down. So the show was on for less than two minutes and straight away the cinematography had me impressed. It feels British, but big Britain if that makes sense. Angst and funny from the off. And before anyone asks about the old lady, she was totally on point. I can see why Moffat drew parallels between Class and Buffy. I mean, I know that they wedged in the great big uh, reference, but yeah, I can see why he would do that. As for Miss Quill, well, she comes across as very angry Doctor Ten rather than a cuddly Giles. So I guess that's where the similarities between uh, between Buffy and Class End. Then they had a prom, and then it all went a little bit weird. Yeah, I'm working on my reviewing style, but I'm sure you get the message. So, what would I give it? Well, I'd give it a solid four TARDISes out of five. For an opening episode, it was good. Let's see what the second one brings that I review next week. Anyway, that's everything from Who Knew and Review this week. We will join you next week for more of the news of the Hooniverse. This has been a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to gncast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com.